today we're going to talk about uh, a little housekeeping, I guess you could say, which is if you're in practice, which uh, many of you are, uh, we're going to talk about tr the importance of why you need to really uh, train your staff. Uh, staff training is, is crucial to run a successful practice. And if you don't do it, uh, there are some repercussions that can happen. So we're going to talk about the importance of staff training. And I think if you have a practice, you should really listen to what we have to say. Hi, welcome to the Regenerative Warrior and Medical Influencer Show. My name is Dr. Ross Carter, and we want to welcome our special guest, Marcy Garuccio. Welcome to the show today. Thank you, Dr. Carter. I really appreciate the opportunity with, of speaking with you and your, and your uh, audience. Fantastic. So uh, could you introduce a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in this area? Sure. Um, so I developed a medical billing company 20 years um, in, in 1990. Um, I ran that, uh, found the, it was founded on anesthesia, but it grew to many different specialty, primarily surgical and um, in-house physicians. From there, I migrated my company to a uh, billing, a bigger billing company and consulted. Mm -hmm. From there, I went to uh, act as a, and work as a, a CEA for a large group. And from there, I kind of went back into consulting because uh, I, I felt that was more my niche where I needed to be. So now your specialty area is is really involved in helping uh, medical practices uh, utilize their their staff better, right? That's part of it. Um, yes, it's it's part of it. I focus on um, coding, docu documentation, mm -hmm. medical necessity, uh, compliance, and auditing. So those are my big, you know, the big five things that I that I do focus with and find really valuable within any medical practice. All right. So how, how would, how should we start with this? Where, where would you like to start? Well, probably um, the first thing I would recommend to any group practice is having one sole knowledgeable. Um, and, and when I say knowledgeable, I mean, having somebody that knows the, um, your specialties, rules and regulations. Okay. You know, governmental and um, as well as participating. That's, that's really key to almost every practice I work, I have worked with, um, whether it's urology, cardiology, anesthesia, pain management, all of these specialties have certain rules and regulations of what they can and cannot do. And they're often quite honestly overlooked until the group gets hit with an audit or a take back. Mm. And those are painful. Yes, <laughs> they really are. You want to be proactive. I, I always recommend being proactive with, with those things. So you need at least one person that kind of knows all about what's going on with the regulations. Correct. Got Correct. It. Okay. And that, and that person needs to be able to put people in place to do each component of your specialty. Okay. Either, you know, like front end office, running that front end office. You know, your pre-certification, your pre-authorizations, yes. um, all the way through coding, documentation, revenue cycle management. 
they're all, they all go hand in hand. And if you have one weak area, it could increase your risk um, to you know, loss in revenue or increase your risk of audit, un, unkind audit findings. And so how do you kind of uh, get these positions filled and, and properly trained? For me, I go into a practice that's struggling and it's usually struggling financially. And I do a, I, I do a, a, just a scope where I sit and, and watch the practice from the, from the beginning of the day to the end. Right. And what every moving part is doing. Then I compare it with what needs to be done in there and where the, where things are falling through the cracks. Um, I'll look at, you know, month end reports and see what's glaring or what, you know, what I feel shouldn't be there because often, I mean, oftentimes services that a physician performs aren't always paid because again, they may be buttoned up against, against a, a governmental rule and regulation or a policy that specifies certain, certain things have to be done either prior or during that service. And they're just totally unaware of it. And the if the staff doesn't understand why those things are being denied and just following the explanation of benefits, a lot of money does get adjusted off. So I look at the, the scope of day-to-day -day service, you know, what, what's being done, how's the money being posted. And it even gets a little bit murkier when you use a third-party billing service. Do you recommend doing that or not? Um, I did actually did a, um, for my fellow with the AAPC, my research paper was whether or not to, uh, oh, what, whether it was beneficial to in-house your billing yeah. or, or keep it out. And quite honestly, the winner was to outsource it only because the resources were so much better uh, economically, if that makes sense. In other words, you have, that's their thing. And if they do it well, they're going to do it well for you. So right. it's just important to make sure that when you pick a billing service, you pick one that is heavy in the specialty that you're in. Hey, this is Dr. Ross Carter again. Listen, um, if you're a doctor or a medical professional or interested in adding exosomes to your practice, or if you're actually a potential patient who's interested in exosomes, I want you to listen. Now, the company that we're recommending, I have a, an agreement with. Basically, I refer them business. Now, I would rather, if you're getting exosomes, make sure to get it from an actual company and not a distributor. So I'm not you know, doing it that way. Basically, I'm just referring you to them. If, but if I do refer them to you or you to them, basically what you'll get is not only will you get product from them uh, at the best price you can get, but you'll also get an additional bonus of free uh, amniotic exosome products as well. So, so what that means is if you order uh, the, uh, the placental exosomes, the MSC exosomes, you'll get in addition for free amniotic ex uh, exosomes, absolutely free. So if you're using amniotic exosomes, you're already paying for those. And so you get a, you get a vial of those for free with, with purchase of the MSC exosomes. And hopefully you see the, the, the difference in the value by now. If you're a patient, and considering this and you think, hey, I'd like to do this procedure, um, all you got to do is you can contact me and I'll, I'll send you places that could be close to you. So here's how to contact me. Just go to my, just send me an email at drrosscarter 
at gmail.com. That's D-R-R-O-S-S-C-A-R-T-E-R at gmail.com. Or you can call or text me at 561-962-1231. That's 561-962-1231. So either email me or text me or call me. It's just best to email or text me and I can get back with you with that information. So if you're considering this, uh, let me uh, you know be the reference point and it, it helps to support the show. Obviously, uh, I get a little uh, a benefit if I refer you. So um, I wanna be transparent about that. So please support the show and email or text me and I can get you connected and give you the best prices plus, a special is you're going to get additional amniotic fluid exosomes for free. Can't beat that. So uh, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the show. Uh, I'll let it continue. Here you go. And how do you know? How, how do you know if you're with a good one? Um, well, of course, you want to do a research, you know, through the through the Internet and, and for recommendations. And sure, you can kind of gather that there. But look at their clientele. If you're in, and I work a lot with anesthesia and pain management. And if you're one of those, you don't want to be at a billing company that doesn't have that, that isn't heavy in that specialty. So the first thing you want to look for is something that's heavy in your specialty. And that, then the next thing you want to do is look at performance and don't be afraid to ask for references within their organization. Now, I mean, Honestly, they're probably going to give you their top clients that are happy. Of course. <laughs> so, of course. Um, but that's that's what I would recommend and making sure that the tools that they have um, that they utilize are, you know, top of the line. Now, as far as like electronic warehousing and claim submission and so forth. And what should uh, now do they typically are these companies uh, doing it uh, on a percentage basis of a build or collected or, or what is it that you're looking for? Yes. It's a, it's a percentage of, of net collections. Most times um, you'll find companies that offer per claim submission, um, yeah. you know, so much per claim, but here's the caveat with that is if they're not good at what they do or your documentation isn't coming in the door clean yep. and maybe a diagnosis is off or missing or modifiers, not right. You can have repeat rejections on that. But you still have to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I think the other is more prominent. Yeah, and they might, and they might also notice billing glaring errors of of how you're doing things. Correct. So Correct. it could be kind of like a little audit as well. Well, yes, most most um, billing companies do have an auditing um, department, and um, just to keep keep them in check as well. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm big on. I like audits with internally first because at least you're kind of keeping track of your house, keeping it clean. And then if you have an outside auditor, um, they, sh you, you have that confidence to know, well, you know, unless I'm not auditing correctly, uh, we shouldn't have any problems with this. Right. And so what do you normally see in a practice that where they're really, they're really dropping the ball? What's the most common things that, be fine. Oh, I would say that most commonly it's either credentialing where they have providers come on board and um, start before the, the credentialing process is not complete. 
or a provider that they bring in. I'll use a PA, for example, yeah. that's doing things that's not qualified for, to, to do. Um, so there's always that little that. And there's um, the other is probably services provided that they don't understand the, the, the policies tied to it. Um, for Meaning they're providing <laughs> services that they're not, they can't for some reason? They can, but they're, they may have a policy from a Medicare may have a policy that says, for example, if you're going to do an epidural steroid, you can only do them, you know, three times a year in yeah. one level. Um, and you have to do A, B, C, and D first. In other words, you have to do um, conventional therapy and you have to try anti-inflammatories. And so you have to make sure that you do A, B, C, and D before you get to that epidural steroid. And then there are diagnoses that warrant that procedure and some that don't. So I'll find a, a group that might, and they may, a lot of times they are doing the diagnosis required, but they don't report it. They don't think it's important. Like for instance, believe it or not, maybe low back pain, low chronic back pain is acceptable, but they put radiculopathy or spinal stenosis. So sometimes it's just, it's just a making them aware of this is what meets medical necessity. Um, and you're, you're hitting it, but you're not coding it. You know, your coder missed it. So that's why it's important for everybody on staff to understand what policies tie in with their specialties, what carriers follow it. Cause most often CMS is a big standard of, of practice. A lot of carriers do follow that, but then you sometimes they'll roll off that policy and kind of tweak it towards, you know, something within their, with that carrier, like maybe blue shield adds a little caveat to it. So you can't just stop at CMS. You've got to look at all the carriers that you participate with and make sure that you understand the policies and what and how it relates to your services and what's needed in documentation to, to hit the mark. Are there other um, areas that you can outsource your practice in like, for example, uh, specifically on like coding, uh, how to do coding specifically, or 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 what uh, what other areas can you uh, basically outsource to specialists that already that that don't need to necessarily be trained that are right. already great in that area, or can can someone let's say uh, one person who's a coder for us, like, and they know the codes in a state, obviously, because right, right. they could work for multiple practices Would that. Is that okay as well? Oh, sure. And, and they have that, that that's out there. Actually, one of the services that I do provide um, across the nation is coding and um, medical billing. I, I or my staff will, you know, help groups that are struggling to find those people um, and we'll just remote in on their system and, and, and help, you know, catch them up with their work. But you can, you can, the AAPC and AHIMA will, you know, that's where I've, I've gotten my certifications from the AAPC. There are certain schools. And as a matter of fact, I have a really good colleague in, in Phoenix that offers all the certifications, uh, whether it be coding, auditing, um, compliance and she does it remote virtual. So if you're in, I had a, one of my workers uh, sign up with her and she did a program through uh, 
this coding school to go online once a week. And she ended up getting her certification through this, through my colleagues. So there's schools out there and it's important too, to, to get to the right school that have, you know, the one-on-one -on -one relationship to help answer your questions, because it's not an easy, the, the test alone is five and a half hours and it's 150 questions. So it's a, it's a hard course to pass. It's, but it's, I recommend every practice, medical practice should have a certified coder within their organization and as well as a certified biller, because those are keys to your, to, to your revenue cycle management and being properly, you know, be, being proper in compliance. Gotcha. And so for compliance, uh, what, how, I guess I would wonder how to make sure that you are in compliance. I mean, that's usually the worst problem, right? Being right, if you're right. not compliant, a lot of bad things can happen. Right. Every medical practice should have what they call a compliance plan, mm -hmm. which, you know, ties everything from HIPAA all the way to your, your standard of care um, policies together. Mm -hmm. So that's where you would want to start to make sure um, that you have one on, on, board and it's updated and, and everyone is aware of it and, you know, knows what, what's expected within your practice. If someone's starting out or they're starting to grow their practice, how do you know the order of, of what you should, you should uh, hire as mm -hmm. well as, yeah, yeah, I guess where right. you would start. And you right. know, you first, you need to make sure you got this handled and then ha handle this, and then you're going to handle this. How would you, how would you start that? I started, especially with my medical billing company, I started with a good attorney that had knowledge in, you know, a startup. So mm -hmm. if it was a medical practice, you would want to go with a medical uh, attorney that could help you, you know, start the business up and make sure that you hit all the requirements needed in regulations. Um, the other thing that I did is have, I had a good accountant, that mm -hmm. accounting firm that understood medical billing. So you would want to have a physician would want to have a medical a, accountant that's really well versed in medical. So you're kind of just putting into place what you need to establish your practice and how you're going to succeed. So put the people with those knowledge, you know, the, the knowledge to handle that because I, I honestly, when I started my billing company, I didn't want to deal with, you know, tax, you know, I'll, I just wanted my accountant to say, here's how you pay, you know, here's what's, you know, yeah. just tell yeah. me what I need to do. Same with IT. I had a really good medical billing software. It was micro MD and that's from Henry Scheinman. I really like that. So, you know, get your pieces of what you need um, by the experts. It's, right. If you start trying to do things outside your wheelhouse, that's when the wheels will fall off. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody wants their wheels to fall off. I nobody it. wants that. No. <laughs> I understood. Now, so for you, what, what, how do you help uh, practices? I've done multiple things, but lately, um, as far as when PQRS, which was a, a quality program for CMS, um, and it turned in and morphed into MIPS. I help providers get on board with that quality program. That doesn't seem to be quite, that's been running now for years. So that's kind of um, stabilized. Um, what I get called for more now is um, 
from billing companies um, needing coding, um, auditing, and um, practices that that need the help with their their revenue cycles done, and they just don't understand why it is. You can do these remotely. I can. I I dial into whatever system they have, whether it be Epic for documentation, compliance, or eClinical, um, or I go into their practice management uh, software and, and just generate reports, take a look at what their scope of service is compared to what their um, contracts are. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's, I, I mean, I, that's an, another thing, you know, you contract with these companies and expecting to get a rate. And when I go in, it's, it, it, if it's not followed and looked at closely, there's, you know, there's always something kind of that's that could be missing, you know, so just kind of looking, um, but, but those are probably the heaviest right now is, um, is coding documentation and revenue cycle management, management issues. Perfect. So if somebody was uh, interested in, in, in utilizing your services, how, how would they get in touch with you? Um, Currently, my website is down, so I have a go-to. My my old billing company was Healthcare Billing Associates, so they would email me at Marcy, M-A-R-C-Y, H is in Harry, C is in, in Cat, B is in Boy, A is in um, Apple, at hotmail.com. All right. <laughs> it's an old one, yeah. but it's, re- it's really reliable. Um, until I get things situated, everybody's been hitting me up on that, so... So the, the email is the best way to get uh, get started with you. Correct. Correct. Perfect. All right. Well, fantastic. Did we miss anything of huge value that I missed? Um, no, I just think that the biggest key for, for a doctor that's in your audience or clinician is to know what's required within that the specialty that they're um you know, they're providing services for the other, the only other piece I will give you is if you want to do something new within your practice, a new procedure, a new device, anything new, research it before you start, because it's, it's imperative to do a cost analysis to understand um, what's required with that procedure. What's it going to cost you or that service? And what are you going to gain in advance? Because what I found with groups that I work with is they're not contracted within their participating contracts. So you need to talk to those insurance carriers and say, going to be doing this. We need to add it in. Um, It's been, it can be crucial because you don't want to start something and then close the door on it. Understood. So Marcy, thank you so much for your time today. I'm sure this will help out many practices. So well, we, it's been a pleasure. It's I, truly been a pleasure. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Have a great one. You too.